Hello, everyone. So this first I had titled uh, uh, the message, uh, Stop, being a Stop Being a Hypocrite 2, but then I thought uh, this was more encouraging, that the Father seeks, knows, and forgives, and rewards us. But if you take your Bibles, you can turn to Matthew 6. Matthew six. We're in the sermon series of Matthew, and Jesus is teaching us through, um, yeah, Jesus is teaching his disciples here. And so uh, just recapping from, I'm in Acts. It's not Acts. I'm just going to go over. Um, uh, what Myers was talking about last week was about our attitude in giving. And today we're going to talk about our attitude in praying and in fasting. But as I have realized so far in dealing with Jesus in these texts, uh, a lot of times it's uh, way more about it's way more about getting to know who God really is than the specific thi- specific things that he points out. So yes, he will he will correct how people pray and he will correct how people fast. Um but it probably also exposes the people uh, that either they don't really want to follow God or they don't really know who God is. And so, uh, yeah, let's, uh, I will, we will read the text for us today. Hello, Sabrina. Welcome. And so today we re- read through uh, Matthew, Matthew 6 through 5 through 18. And I'll see if I remember the click. There we go. And when you pray, you must not be like the hypocrites, for they love to stand and pray in the synagogues and in the street corners, that they may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you pray, go into a room and shut the door and pray to your Father who sees, who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not heap up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think that they will be heard for the many words. Don't be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then like this. Our father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts, as we also have forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. And when you fast, do not look gloomy like the hypocrites, for they disfigure their faces and their fasting, uh, that that their fasting may be seen by others. Truly I say to you, they have received their reward. But when you fast, anoint your head and wash your face, that your fasting may not be seen by us, 
but by your Father who is in secret. And your Father who is in secret will reward you. This is the word of the Lord. And so if we as we go to um as we go to look, look at this text, um Jesus talks about what to do and what not to do. And so um if we go to this one, um he describes when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites. Why? Because they want to be seen by others. And then he says, truly I say to you, they have received their reward. And I think we talked about, Amaris talked uh, talked at length about it last week. That's a little bit on the small side. Uh, but <laughs> but what the slide says, it's 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 the Greek word and then what hypocrite means. It means that you are putting on an act. Uh, and so so Jesus is calling people not to just act some way, but actually to pray to God and not to be not to pray and show off and look all spiritual but actually have a relationship with God instead. Not to be acting in a way that they are not. So that's what um Yeah, so that's what uh, that's what Jesus confronts, and you can see it's a word that Matthew uses a lot, and that Jesus uses a lot. And it's to try to call out the difference between what people show off and what they're really like. So maybe you sometimes are in that dilemma. Did you know this is who I am, but this is who I think other people want to see. And so I show this instead. So Jesus would say, no, how about you understand who you are and then come to God that way, in an honest way. And so here, it's interesting, the difference there is between, uh, if we go back, um, that the people, they want to be seen by others. Jesus then contracts, contra- contrasts this to the next verse where he says, and your father who sees you will reward you. So as the hypocrites, and maybe us sometimes, seek the praise of other people, Jesus says, well, what about you don't be a hypocrite and then actually pray to your father because he actually sees you. So what we sometimes, and that they, they definitely wanted, was the praise of people. But maybe the symptom of praise of people is because maybe we don't really understand that God actually sees us. So why trade something, why trade the praise of man or the reverence of others or like you're such a good person or you do so good things or something? Why praise that? Because that's just a symptom of of I don't really bel- maybe believe that the God of all things, he actually sees me when I pray. 
I, would, I think that's what also what Jesus is getting at. He's like, you have such a bad substitute over here. The praise of men so fickle. What about what when they see there's no, there's no substance in it? That you just do it for the praise of other people. Then people aren't going to be like, hey, you're great. No, you just did it to get our attention. You have no relationship with God. And Myers talked at length about it. It would always destroy relationships because uh, people would continue to either act so they never feel like really connected or they would use other people for those feelings. But Jesus is calling people in to be, don't, don't be like that. Don't try to be seen by others. Be, when you pray, know that your Heavenly Father actually sees you so I don't know if you're a middle child or you just <laughs> or or you're just whatever child. But I don't know, some of us maybe sometimes feel like we aren't seen. Jesus says, if you go and pray, you are seen by God. He sees you. Isn't that great? Not just the anecdotes from my life. I just I just came up. I got lost a lot. Like I I would wander off, get lost, and my parents couldn't find me, and I'll end up some reception or something. They'll go find me. But even (laughs) even if you feel like that, or when I feel like that, I could know that if I would see God, He would see me and know where I was. He always knows where you are. That's such a comforting thing. Instead of trying to seek the praise of people and mislead them so they wouldn't even know who you are or where you are. So it's like we have to uncover what Jesus means all the time. Here he does, he does confront the hypocrites. But he's asking everybody to have a real relationship with God. Instead of coming to God, oh God, Father, you are amazing. Everything is fantastic in my life. But you're mad at God or frustrated at God. Your life is a mess. Then say that instead. Say, God, I'm mad at you. I'm frustrated. My life is in pieces. He will meet you. And he sees you. That's the comfort we have. Not to put on a mask and start acting like somebody else. But to come with who we are. And I think that is the, that is the invitation we have from Jesus. That whatever situation you're in, God sees you. And the old verse, like, if you seek me with all of your heart, you will find me. (coughs) And if we have to press a little more, then over here, if we start work, if we start putting our if we stop becoming hypocritical again, we show that we don't believe in the good news of Jesus. Because we show that we would rather have the praise of man and we don't really believe that Jesus is the one that made us righteous. We'll seek it from other people. So it exposes the hypocrites that they don't know who God is. And when we seek the praise of others, it exposes us that then we don't trust 
in the good news of Jesus. And so it ju- Jesus says it's a, it's a time where you withdraw out of other people's, atta- uh, out of trying to get the praise of other people and instead go and be with God. Now, this doesn't mean that uh, it doesn't mean that we can't pray together like we just did. Like we can pray together in church, we can pray together in Bible studies. But but it's our heart's attitude. If I get up in here and pray and it's because I want your affirmation and I want you to come and say, what a good prayer afterwards, then I shouldn't do it because it's the attitude of my heart that's wrong. But if we, if we, if we with our heart and mind come to God and say, God, I'm just, I'm just praying these things for other people, then yeah, we can pray together. The interesting part is, what I, which I didn't see, is one of the commentators pointed out that even the prayer we're gonna talk about later talks about our and we. It is a communal prayer. So Jesus is not abandoning in all things. You can't pray together, and you can only pray alone. But no, it's their attitude. And I don't know if you've done this. I mean, it's just confession. <laughs> Sometimes you can also use it to prayer time to teach somebody else something. <laughs> you can pray theology over people. And maybe that's not l- really the part of doing But I don't know. Maybe some of you would do the same. You're like, oh, I just think this, people need, <laughs> this person needs to know this thing. And you pray, but it's kind of like to teach the other person something. Um, maybe just talk to the person instead of using the prayer time for that. But maybe you do something else. Then the, that's, but that's, that was just one of the things that I was reminded about that we can do. That's probably not the point of prayer. Um, so if we go to if we go to verse seven, um, Jesus is uh, he's addressing a specific situation here, where you would have some um, um, you would have some you would have Gentiles who would uh, they would uh, what do you call it memorize different things to say. And some of the things, even not uh, making any sense, <laughs> just like blah 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 blah. And there was one of the commentators said because they said that the one, <laughs> the one who has many words, he will be heard by the gods. So in some sense, they had a understanding that the more words you said, the more God would pay, the more the the gods would pay attention to you. So. So Jesus is confronting. He's saying, "Like ah, that's not that's not how God works. It doesn't matter how many words you say, uh, and it, you should make up all sorts of other words. Uh, because why? Because your Father knows what you need before you ask. So Jesus is saying that that the God of that His Father, the God of all universe, the creative God." He's also God who knows exactly what we need, know who we are, know the situation that we're in. And so we don't have to come with all these words. And I don't know about you, but (laughs) sometimes when you pray with other people, it's like they change their voice and they start using strange words. You don't have to do that. You don't have to know fancy words to pray to God. 
you can have conversation with God like he's a person. And, and when we do that, I'm not saying you don't come to God reverent and bold and, and courageous. You come with all those things. But you don't have to change who you are. You don't have to pretend. Because as Jesus says, he knows exactly what you need. So we can bring our requests there to him. So we don't have to make up things. Or It's not like God hears us better if we says like some specific word. No, he, he knows. So the Father sees and the Father knows. So you're seen by God. You're known by God. Oh, that is a little. So this is a, from, a, from a, an old commentary. I just thought it was an interesting way that he phrased the, um, the whole thing. So I'll just read it for us. As the day comes, we must, so like every day. Uh, as the day comes, we pray to our Heavenly Father and reckon we would do well to go <laughs> a day without food as without prayer. So he's just saying, like, praying to God is just like food. It's an everyday thing. We, we are taught to hate and deal with sin while we hope for mercy to distrust ourselves and to rely on providence and grace and the grace of God to keep us from it, to be prepared to resist the tempter and to not become tempters of others. He is also a promise. If you forgive, your heavenly Father will also forgive. We must forgive as we hope to be forgiven. Those who desire to find mercy with God must show mercy to their brethren. Christ came into this world as a great peacemaker, not only to reconcile us to God, but to one another. So he shortly, he, he goes through the whole, like the whole Lord's Prayer we're gonna go through. And he, he says like the first thing, like prayer is like food. It's like, oh, okay, <laughs> all right. And we're taught, to hate our, we're taught to hate our sin, put our sins to death. We're gonna hope for mercy, not trust in ourselves, but rely on the grace of God to keep us from sin and to resist the tempter and that we won't tempt other people. And, and then we were asked to forgive, which is going to be a big part of it, because we were forgiven. We are asked to forgive. And Jesus comes to reconcile us, to be, uh, live the perfect life. No sin in his life, in his death, on his resurrection, to reconcile us to God's and then the verse we have from Corinthians that we would ask people to res- be reconciled to God. We will be people that are inviting people to be reconciled. And as we talked about, we will become peacemakers as he was. But then the, the, if the Father knows everything, then why should we even pray? And so why pray at all if God knows everything? And I think that's a good <laughs> question that I thought about myself too. But what happens when we pray? It was kind of like what he also said. What happens when we pray? We're reminded that 
in giving praise to God in adoration, we are reminded of how awesome and mighty and holy God is. When we confess our sins, just like he said we are, we get to learn to hate sin. And how much we are dependent on Jesus not to sin. And how much God loves us that he sent Jesus. Then we're reminded to be thankful every day for all the things that God gives us. And then we can rejoice and praise God as we do that. So why pray? Well, Matthew Henry said, it's just like food. Well, why pray? Because in prayer, we also get to know who God is. He helps us with our daily life as he shows us who he is and who we are, that we are dependent on, on him, that all the, all the grace and the mercy we've been giving, the forgiveness to be given, how God has intervened in our lives. And people think, well, I know that. Well, most of the time you do something you aren't supposed to. That's probably times where we have forgotten. So as he talked about it as being a daily bre- bread, we know we need food when we get hungry. How do we know we need to pray all pray also what helps us to know that we are just as dependent on conversation with God as we are on food that was even the temptation by Jesus was why don't you just make bread and he would respond I live from every word that comes from God so in our conversation with God we can know that he sees he knows us and we are invited into relationship with him. So if we don't talk to someone, how are we in relationship? And then also Jesus <coughs> was saying, like don't just, don't just heap up words. Don't just have a sentence. Don't just have a rhyme and just say the same, same thing all the time. Because prayer is ultimately not about getting stuff from God. It's to get to know God better. When we talk about prayer, I don't know about you, but when we talk about prayer, like who prays too much? Like, is anyone here who prays too much? No. <laughs> so most of us might have this kind of sense of like, hey, I, de- I definitely don't do it too much. <laughs> like this kind of chronic, chronic little bit of a bad conscience. I could probably do that more. And I just want to encourage you if that this is, not, isn't, this is definitely not what I am best at. Uh, but I just want to encourage you just then start small. Like maybe you heard some like old saints, they got up at five in the morning, prayed for three hours. Like, and I've always like, I'm not there. Like I, I don't get up at five very often <laughs> and I don't think I've ever prayed three hours at all. So don't start there. But I would say, see it as a conversation. And uh, what I want to do today 
with the prayer is. Because I think that's sometimes what we can be in doubt of is, will God actually meet me there? Does he want to talk to me? And what we learned today so far isn't that God, he sees you, he knows you, and he's listening to you. And then just start small instead of three hours. Start like two minutes. You can use like A, C, T, A, or Acts, adoration, uh, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. You can use those just like a small pattern. Because like I have a tendency just to use supplication. <laughs> I just like say all the things I want. Uh, but I really do think we learn God, we learn to rely so much more on God when we do the other things as well. So I just want to encourage you, no matter if you are praying, like, just want to encourage you that the Lord spend time with God. He will show you who He is. And He wants to spend time with you. So however it works, like, communicate with God. Take some time, shut your phone off or set it on an alarm for five minutes, ten minutes, two minutes, three hours, however long you can can do it and be like, okay, I will meet with God. I will meet with God in this time. And remember, it's about seeking him in prayer and having the Holy Spirit stir up us what Jesus has worked so we'll understand God better. Why is that important? Jesus just talked about it. We are, si- we are salt and light in the world. I, I do believe the better we understand who God is, it affects everything of who we are. How we make choices, how we do all things, what we do, what we serve. When we know who God is, we'll do it in his way. Um, yeah, so Jesus, g- <laughs> he says he gives us this model of a prayer um, and um, yeah, he gives us a yeah he gives us this model of a prayer. And how how many knows this prayer by heart? You can put up your hand. Who knows this? Uh, huh? Who who knows this in your own language? Like who knows the Lord's prayer? You can put up your hands. You know it. Who knows it? Okay. Okay, then confession time. Who has prayed this prayer just like Jesus said we shouldn't pray? You've been in church. You weren't paying attention. Just like the, <laughs> just like the Gentiles, you did it. Almost also when Joseph did it, you prayed along and you did not listen to any of the words. Yes, that's how easy it gets. If we have a set prayer, and so uh, this is just this is uh, allowing us to say sometimes we make this mistake. Jesus' point of giving us this prayer was not this is the only prayer you can pray. It's a framework. And it's definitely not something we just pray when we get together without even thinking about it. He, he's asking us into this prayer to be a part of it, not that this is the only prayer we do. And so a lot of times I can just go blah, 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 blah. And I think that's exactly the opposite of what Jesus is asking us to do. <laughs> So when we pray, we enter in. So let's enter into the prayer. It's a model. It's to be honest. 
Uh, and so we are asking in the first part, the adoration part, but like we're talking back to God, God, you are Father in heaven. We want your name to be lifted up. We want your name to be hallowed. You're worthy of praise. We're reminding ourselves about who God is. We're saying to God who he is, and then we're being reminded about it. It's actually very beautiful. There was a lady who did this also in the, she called Mary. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me, and holy is his name. There was just an example of how we glorify and give praise and say to God who he is. That's the first part of the prayer. Hallowed be thy name, our Father who is in heaven, who God is. And then in verse 10 we have, for your kingdom done, <laughs> not done, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So that Jesus says the kingdom is among us and he says that we pray in that God's kingdom will come fully here on earth as it is in heaven. It reminds us about, we look at the world so broken and it reminds us about what the world should look like. It reminds us about God's plan to restore all things with a new heaven and new earth. What is to come? Why? Well, because it's so easy to get focused on my own problems and my own life. But here we are lifted. Uh, we lift eyes towards who God is, what he's going to do, how he will restore life, uh, how he will restore everything to shalom like it was in the beginning. So first we talk about who God is, his vision, what's going to happen. So we will have the same mindset. Then we go to our daily provision. Give us this day our daily bread. Smart people and commentary says that this is, this, is, this is bread for one day. Why just pray for one day? Well, it probably like the commentator says, it's, it's we are needy every day of God's provision that we're reminded that wherever we have is something God has given us. So we pray for one day at a time. Like the psalmist says, don't give me too much, don't give me too little. Don't give me too little so I'll steal and things. Don't give me too much so I'll turn my back on you. Give me what? Like give us what we need for this day. So we trust God for our physical needs. And forgive us our debts as we also forgive our debtors. <laughs> Confession time. Forgive us. Daily prayer. So daily we need forgiveness of what we have done. Daily we can come and ask the Lord for forgiveness. Again, it reminds us of our sins that we don't want, we rem but not just our sin. We're reminded about our need for Jesus and reminder about the grace and mercy that we can have in Jesus and how we can be forgiven. Now, this doesn't come with, with no obligation. Because as we, as we come and want to be forgive, forgived, forgiven, Jesus says, the, 
it actually it it binds together with as we have forgiven our debtors. So as we rejoice in what Jesus has done for us, when we come and be forgiven, Jesus is saying, but you've also forgiven people, right? And then in 13 it says, and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. This is also the daily prayer. There's plenty of temptation. There's plenty of evil. We're reminded that we need God's help every day to navigate the worlds. We're asking him to lead us away from the evil and out of temptations. And we're asking God to help us stay close to him that he will pass by us. Do we have the one from First Corinthians? And this is just an encouragement that the temptation will come, but there will be a different way. No temptation had overtaken you. Paul is encouraging the, the Corinthians. That's not common. Like all the temptations are the same. There's always been the same throughout the, throughout the world and throughout history. It's the same things. But God is faithful. And he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability. But with a temptation, he will also provide for you a way of escape that you may be able to endure it. And then he says, therefore, my beloved, free, flee from idolatry. So he's like, because God is faithful, flee away from it when you see it. Flee away from evil. Flee away from the temptation. Because God will m- make a way for us not to fall into temptation. Then Jesus kind of like has a like a end part where he explains to verse twelve. For if you give, if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. This is one of the hard sayings of Jesus because is he saying here we're saving ourselves? that it's not Jesus on the cross saving us, but it's, it's my ability to forgive others. Like whole of Matthew so far, sometimes we have to dig a little bit deeper and see like, but what is it that he's saying? Jesus is saying, if you have been forgiven an eternal debt by your heavenly Father, and you are unforgiving, you show me that you have not understood it. Jesus will use parables later for this, the ungrateful servant that gets billions and billions of kroner in eternal debt that he could not pay, he gets taken away. And then he starts choking another guy who owes him just a little. And Jesus is here saying, if you're unwilling to forgive, you have misunderstood the good news of the gospel. Now, is it easy to forgive? No, it is not. We've actually talked, I I think we've talked about forgiveness a lot lately, 
but I'll just talk to you again about it. Um, forgiving is not saying that it's okay what has been done to you. That's not what it means. But having been forgiven in Christ, knowing that God has paid an eternal debt through us, knowing that unforgiveness would put us in prison, knowing that we don't trust God's judgment, but we have our own, that separates us from being set free of unforgiveness. shows us that we haven't really understood what we have in Christ. That God is the perfect judge and part of freedom in Christ is that we don't have to judge others. But we can forgive as we have been forgiven. Because unforgiveness imprisons us And we probably show we haven't really understood the depths that we have been forgiven. We claim that there's another court where somebody has to be punished. At the same time, we say that we are okay because we can go free because of Jesus. This should lead us back to how much have I been forgiven when I need to forgive somebody else. We ex- when we extend forgiveness, we show we understand who Jesus is. His life, his death, and his resurrection. That he paid our debts to set our f- us free. So that we could show that love to others. So Jesus is inviting us into an abundant life here. He says, like, forget, like, forget. If you forgive others, you act like I'm going to act later, and you are free. That's the abundant life with me and my father. Not a life where you are the judge and have to judge everybody else. Now, that's probably part of the curse. No, trust in me and forgive as I have forgiven you. And when you do that, you actually act like I do. Then Jesus, he rounds it up with um, fasting. And so I think I talked about this shortly one time. Uh, the, the Jews are actually only requested to fast, fast one time, and that's the Day of Atonement. But apparently at this point in time, the Pharisees, they were fasting Monday and Tuesday. So they're going way, 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 way beyond. Like if it's one time a year, they're like doing two times a week. But uh, just like prayer, the problem here is that they, they are making a show out of it. They're like, oh, look, I'm, look, I'm fasting. I can't, uh. And they disfigure themselves and stuff. And Jesus goes like, ah, no, that's, that's, not, that's not the point. That's not the point of fasting. The point of fasting is about our relationship with God, just like it was with prayer. We don't impress God with our outward actions because he knows our hearts. We can maybe try to impress other people with our actions, but mostly people can see through that anyway. So fasting is giving something up to seek God. Not for a man 
but to get to know God better and not to make a show of it. And so you could say you give up eating to feast more on who God is. You feel, you feel the pain, so you feel the need for Jesus more. And sometimes it's funny when people say that they are doing a social media pay a fast that they posted on social media. I just thought <laughs> I just thought that's kind of funny, but it, it I think it's also not like I, so if you're doing Lent, if you're doing something, it's not like you paint it in your or you're fasting. It's not like you paint it in your face. I'm fasting today. Praise me. But I also think it's not like you can't tell other people if they ask you. Like if you politely decline a cup of coffee or something or a meal it's not like you can't say why but again it's the hot motive if you want to be praised then you shouldn't if it's I'm just wanting to respond to this person then I think it's okay it's a hot attitude towards what we do and what we say mm. and the funny part is or not the funny part but God knows our motives so even when we fast, when we pray, like, like this first side, that God knows. So there's no reason to pretend. Then we might just be fooling ourselves. And we've already gotten our reward that was praise of others. But the real reward is that we know God better. So the contrast, like we talked about earlier, is that the people want to be seen. Like the 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 Pharisees wanted to be seen, but if we don't want to be seen by the others, but instead see God, He sees us. And um, and that God knows whatever you need. He sees, he knows. So just uh, some questions, just to reflect a little about this. Why do you pray? Is it because you have to, because I tell you to? What prayers do you pray? Is it my immediate tendency only to be stuff I want? Or is it like, saying to God the awesome adoration are you confessing your sin in prayer are you thanking God in prayer is it easy for you to pray or is it hard and why Jesus he talked about our heart's motives with what kind of heart should we come to God in prayer just remember it's not a time to impress others and God's really not impressed either he knows if you fast, why do you fast? Is it to lose weight? It's probably not the primary motive. Is it to feel like good? Because sometimes it can feel good to to fast. <coughs> or do you fast to feast on who God is? And I think just like as we come to this text again, I think we're just, it's a time where we can just, we can, be overwhelmed with Jesus and how he teaches us, how he exposes us, how he exposes our motives sometimes. Sometimes we have mixed motives, but Jesus is calling us back to his Father who sees us and knows us instead of to calling focus on ourselves and the praise of other people.
So it's a good thing. Do you want to be seen by others, praised by others, that they can see that you're righteous? But it's not the good news. The good news is that you have already been seen by God. And we can be seen righteous because of Jesus' life, death, and resurrection and our trust in him. We don't have to pretend to be somebody else. It can be real in Jesus Christ. So we don't have to pretend. Problem with pretending is you're pretending to have a relationship. But in Christ Jesus, we can have a real relationship with God, not a pretend one with God and other people. The Father sees, the Father knows, the Father forgives, the Father rewards. What difference does that make for you in the every day of your life? Knowing that you're seen, known, in Christ forgiven, Father rewards us with himself. I do think that makes a huge change in how we live our lives. Amen. Let's pray together. Oh Lord, Heavenly Father, we just thank you so much for this time. I just thank you for Matthew. Thank you for the scriptures. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for teaching. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for illuminating your word. Thank you for showing that when we're being hypocritical, we make, we make no sense. Like, thank you for exposing us. Thank you for saying that that God, you already see us. You already know us. You, you have made it a way for us to be forgiven in you. You reward us with your presence when we seek you. Lord, I pray you implant that deeply in my heart that I would know you better and better all the time. I pray against doubt and I pray against the enemy when we want to come and pray with you or to you when we want to seek you I pray you rule out those doubt and the thoughts of the enemy to not come and pray. And Lord, I pray when we do try to pray and come to you that you would help us. Illumine the scriptures, talk to us, encourage our hearts and minds to see who you are more because this is what you promised here. I pray that you would do that in our lives. Pray you will grow us. Help us to see how amazing a God you are. How much you've loved us in Jesus. And Holy Spirit, we ask that you would illuminate those things. The teachings of Jesus that we understand better and better. We don't have to pretend to be hypocrites, but we can actually have a real relationship with you. So Lord, I pray you help us. Pray we, we will honor and glorify you. And we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.